with uh, Wrestle Kingdom than anything else. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with uh, Welcome to the Wrestle Down! Wrestle Down! <laughs> The theme song wrestling podcast. That would be a fun podcast, but that's not what we do. Sorry to mislead you. Oh, but we're going to lead you to the path of talking about wrestling. That's right, Iago from Aladdin. We are here. In the- I'm Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to talk about NXT UK. Our first celebrity guest. <laughs> and uh, proud member of the UK. <laughs> I've been to the UK during the filming of Aladdin. <laughs> yep, they had to record it in London for authenticity. <laughs> Disney, you crazy. <laughs> they just had so much money. They um, <laughs> fought that Little Mermaid. This is January 14th, 2020, our first show of the new year, the new decade, and we're going to start with a pay-per-view I don't remember that well. (laughs) Uh, We're, of course, talking about WWE NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2, the blacker the pool, the stronger the style. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> it was uh, the third NXT UK takeover, yep. and it happened last Sunday, and it sure was. <laughs> uh, I think we both thought of it. Uh, we both watched it, and both, I mean, yeah, we both watched it. Overall, it was it was enjoyable, but yeah. not entirely memorable. Part of what we were uh, texting about earlier was that it didn't really feel like a sense of urgency to tons of matches, mm-hmm. so there's no reason to think like, oh, the titles will change hands for any of the major title matches, and they did not. Yes, exactly. It just, it's weird. They have that 205 Live problem, where yep. there's not really a lot of urgency behind what they're doing, even though all the wrestling is very, very good. Yeah. I really was impressed with a few stand-up performances, uh, main card only, because I didn't get the chance to watch. I'm, I'll put it this way. I was afraid to watch the pre-show, because right. Eddie Dennis is very scared. Ah, He's yes. very tall. Oh, tall man. Mm. But apparently he beat Trent Seven, which... Oh, was that? That wasn't on the pre-show, I don't think. I thought it was. See, when I tuned into... There was some streaming problems when I was trying to watch. Okay. And every time I tried to watch, TakeOver kept taking me to the hard target one. All right. Prime target. Yeah, I know. I, when I first went, went on the network, it wasn't up. Yeah. And then, I mean, I happened to be watching something else, and then I like, looked at the app, and I happened to look at it as the like replay had already begun. Yeah. So I was able to like click on that and watch from the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... It's weird. I, I've heard that people have been having trouble finding NXT UK on the network on it, a week-to-week basis. It, it, it's not surprising if, I don't know, if somehow the, the upload is done from the UK, which I would imagine it is, either way. Yep. When I did tune in, it was already the women's title match, mm-hmm. which okay. I haven't been keeping up with the weekly TV, but it was an easy-to-access to story. You got Tony Storm and Piper Niven, two people who believably could beat Kylie Ray, the champ, yep. one-on-one. And Kylie Ray trying to play the champion and the spoiler at the same time in this triple threat, trying to drive a wedge between the two of them, supposedly they're friends. Can they work together but separately to beat Kylie Ray? No! No, they cannot. <laughs> no, they are going to fight each other, and it was a good triple threat match. I will say, just to 
the Eddie Dennis Trent Seven match not really memorable. I mean, it, it was like eight minutes and it was essentially a squash. Yep. Eddie Dennis looked pretty good coming out of it. Trent Seven still a lovable loser. Yep. But yeah, the women's match very good. Three people that I love so much that I uh, immediately was like, man, I miss Pro Wrestling Eve. So I signed up for it again in the middle of this match. Great. Yeah. So that's up there, and uh, I've been watching the She One catch up with that as as time goes by. In this match, I thought that Piper Niven it kind of made sense for her to take the pin. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. have, you can build to the Kylie Ray Tony Storm rematch, which I would assume either Tony wins or loses and then like disappears for a long time again. Yeah, I can imagine like Tony Storm's at that point where she might just go to the regular NXT or the main roster mm-hmm. just because like. She, she was at the top. That's the thing about these shows. Like, once you're at the top, there's not much else for you to do. Right. Or you're kind of in that, like, Johnny Gargano area where you're kind of just, like... For life. You're very friendly. You're very... You're, everyone loves you. Yep. But some people don't love you because you were boring right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never been a problem with Keaton, the Kitten Man, our uh, mascot. Now, let's see. But yeah, a good match. I feel like I would want to see any of them like in singles competition with each other. Yep. I and I think they're building towards Tony Storm versus Piper, which maybe maybe Tony beats Kaylee Ray and then they fucking do Tony versus Piper. I don't know. It seems like that a natural blow off. It's just hard to tell because the timeline for whenever the next UK thing is is gonna be weird. I have been hoping that Jenny was gonna Ginny was gonna be gaining more steam as time's gone on. It just kind of seems like she's there in the background. Yeah, it's weird. She was at Wrestle Queendom the night before wrestling Nina Samuels, which is a match I can't wait to see. Nice. Which I was gonna mention Nina Samuels in terms of like the depth of their women's roster. You have those two. You have Isla Dawn. You have Zaya Brookside and kind of some newer blood with Piper Niven, but yeah. it, it's what you mentioned, of just like they kind of are on this lazy Susan of rotating through feuds, so they've had three women's UK champs ever. Rhea Ripley right. is now domestic, Kylie Ray and Tony Storm, they're fighting each other, so yeah, eventually I would expect maybe by WrestleMania you'll see Tony Storm on the main roster. Right. And yeah, so it was a good match, not like didn't blow me away or anything, but it's, I, I think I said this in our text, but it was like it does feel like we're in the middle of the story because they're still breaking Tony and Piper's friendship apart and Kaylee Ray's just the champion. She's there. She's playing it to her advantage. It's very cool. doesn't feel... Considering there are only three NXT takeover, UK takeovers, it feels like something more momentous should be happening at these things with the feuds, but that's not really the case with any of these. Though... We did get an excellent match in uh, Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. Yeah. I love this. This, this for me, was match of the night because Same. I felt like everything else was either built around a gimmick with the ladder matches mm-hmm. or felt like it was kind of rote with Walter and uh, Joe Coffey. Okay. I, or just, like, I, I didn't see Walter losing, so... Right. Like, with Tyler Bate and Devlin, it seemed like if you gave them enough time... Devlin could have a shot at winning and believably and get something from it. Yeah. But if he looks good in in defeat, then it builds both of them, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they let Tyler get the get the win on this one, which is very cool. It was a very exciting match. They have great chemistry together. Yep. It was like watching a better Finn Balor versus a strong boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I can't really compare Tyler Bates to anybody. He's like... He's very unique, and yeah. that's, that's a great thing for him. He's height-wise one of the smallest guys on the roster, but mm-hmm. easily one of the strongest pound-for-pound pound of anybody. And he can high-fly, he can grapple with you, he can 
power you up because he's got the Tyler Driver 97 with his power arsenal. Right. So there was really nothing that he didn't show in this match, which is a huge testament to how well-rounded he is. And if anything, it kind of showed why he was the first champion and why Jordan Devlin hasn't been wearing any gold. I'm just like, Devlin's very good and he's still... He's like a C plus to a B minus. He's on his way. He can be great. They're both crazy young. Yep. But Tyler's just further along. Yeah, exactly. It. I think it helps to have Tyler win here because he lost to Walter last time out, so it prevents him from falling down the card any further until he's he loses Danny Dennis, like Trent Seven did. Then uh, we get. Oh, you want to say something? I was gonna say that rising average height terror, <laughs> Eddie Dennis. He's so scary. <laughs> so the next match on the card was the four-way tag team ladder match with Gallus, uh, Markoffi, and Wolfgang versus Imperium, Fabian Eichner versus Marcel Barthel, and Grizzly Young Veterans versus uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, who apparently don't have a name. Nope. They're just friends. They're from Wales. Yay, Wales. They were swallowed by one, and then they escaped together. That's their backstory. Oh, just like that movie. Uh, what was that movie called? Little Mermaid. <laughs> yes, just like Little Mermaid and Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> There's an anime I was thinking of. I can't remember what it was called. But uh, overall, I was not massively blown away by this ladder match for some reason. I, w I was waiting for something to make it really stand out. I think that everybody in it worked really hard. I, I really love Zach Gibson, and I love Zach Gibson with James Drake. I love I loved him, like, uh, directing traffic. Yeah. Like, James Drake trying to climb up the ladder, and then uh, Gibson guarding him or getting under him and propelling him upward up the ladder. Yep. It, it's little things like that that make them look like a team and look like they're smart enough to try to work together to win, mm -hmm. which uh, I thought Imperium did really well, but the difference is Fabian Eichner got to look like a powerhouse in this, which is crazy because Wolfgang and Mark Coffey are both two huge hulking dudes who can just, you know, have people around and everyone else in the match is considerably smaller than them, but Eichner mm -hmm. looked like a beast. Yeah, it, it was just like, it was a good balance of talent. Yeah. Overall, like a lot of people. Keaton. Uh, Keaton is currently in his tunnel having his own ladder match. Popping popcorn, stepping on all of the moving peanuts. What a little man. Much like the ladder match, so many props around the WrestleTown studio. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, spectacular job of the WWE is always with the production value, yeah. painting a wooden ladder silver so that when... It, yeah. When it did get broken, it looked like a metal ladder got friggin' snapped. Right. People going through ladders, people going through tables. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews earning a badge of honor jumping off of the top of a ladder together through yes. tables. Yeah. Which looked like they murdered poor Wolfgang. Right. It just felt very long to me. Yeah. I think, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, this thing's still going on, huh? Mm. And it just kind of... I think I was ready for it to end way before it did. I think there was, like, a part where Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster almost climbed the ladder to win it and then they fell off or got thrown off and I was like no this match is so it's like it's it's numbing and I think it's because I think we're like what 20 years into basically money in the bank matches happening every year yep. and then multiples of those kind of every money event pay-per-view and throughout the year yeah so another one of these when we also just saw the tag team ladder match in the other nxt yep it just feels like very very samey didn't really blow me away though i respect the work and the sacrifice that everyone put to you know put their bodies through it's an excellent point when you phrase it that way because we're 20 years removed from wrestlemania 2000 literally 
So we've had 20 years of tag team ladder matches. We've had 15 years of Money in the Bank ladder matches. So the watermark for like, oh, that was a very memorable car crash is super high. Right. And I think I would I would guess most of the wrestlers in this match, this is either their first or they've had under like three or four ladder matches ever. Certainly they're, they're only one at this scale. Yeah. And, I mean, aside from the grizzled young veterans, these are all kind of thrown-together teams. Mm. It feels like the Gallus boys are in there by, you know, association. Imperium, I feel like Eichner and, Mart and Bartel, if they had, like, another year, would really seem more like a cohesive unit instead of just two out of four guys. Yeah. Even though they do team together more than anybody else in Imperium. I think they're an excellent team. It's just it's an, a different match for them. Yeah. A different type of match. Exactly, yeah. And they, they and the Revival would have a fantastic match together. Yeah. But this is a different beast. So, as you said, well-balanced, but just nothing that particularly made it seem like Gallus was going to lose or that they should or that if anybody was going to win, if it would elevate them a little bit more. It's just kind of a status quo match, which is weird to say for a ladder match. Right. I thought, like, I thought Imperium might win because I had already heard of the angle after the main event, but it turns out not. And we're still treading water. Yeah, speaking of treading water, oh, yeah, splish, splash, Walter's in a bath <laughs> of coffee. Ew, <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> He's going to be awake for hours, and it's probably bad for his skin. True. That's uh, what happens when you make coffee in an Iron King. I'm just realizing that all the... I, I forgot that Gallus went into this match as the champions. Yep. So I thought that that was a uh, title change that happened. But no, they're all, all the champions retained, which yep. is kind of disappointing, uh, just from the sake of momentum. It was a real black pool of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Walter defeated Joe Coffee. I like this match. That was very hard hitting. They, I, I don't think Coffee was going to win, obviously, but they did a good job kind of making you think it might be possible with all these uh, interferences that they threw in the middle there. Yeah. I forget where, what, which sport this originates from. I think it's boxing, but like, or no, 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 it's MMA. Styles make fights. That yes. like, this Walter title match was so different from the Tyler Bate one, was so different from the Pete Dunne one, because this is the first time in a title match he's fought somebody similarly sized. Yeah. So Mark uh, Joe Coffey can just absorb a lot more of what Walter normally does to people with chops and slams and throws and clotheslines. So it was cool to watch Coffey absorb more of that and be able to give some of it back. But what I, what I appreciated most about this match is, like, this is what I feel like the WWE can do measuredly well that other people may complain about or get impatient with in terms of why isn't my guy at the top? Yeah. It, Walter looks like a star and Joe Coffey looks like somebody you keep in your upper mid card to occasionally come up a la like Sergeant Swatter or yeah. Aaron Corbin right. and mess with your top talent and then go back to whatever else he wants to do. Yeah. It's just weird that Coffee's been in two thirds of the main events for takeovers. Like you would not expect that looking at the roster. Nope. And I guess I mean Walter versus uh, Pete Dunne happened at a, a U.S. takeover, and Walter versus Bate happened already. So I guess they're kind of low on faces, who are like you know good threats to Walter. Yep. It's just kind of weird, you know, and you don't buy him as a real threat. And I thought it was a good match. Uh, not gonna make my none of these are gonna make my end of the year probably nope but you know a uh, very good show it probably could have been a regular NXT UK episode it, it felt very much like that and yeah. in total fairness to this we're now one weekend removed from Wrestle Kingdom yes so uh, our rose tinted glasses uh, they're still pretty rosy I would say yeah I watched most of or yeah probably most of Wrestle Kingdom twice yeah so it's still fresh in my memory also so do you want to talk about the post match angle 
Yep. Um, um, after the match, Walter won. Imperium came out, and then the uh, Undisputed Era from NXT US came out, and they beat him up, and they all had a big old fight. Yep. And it was basically an ad for Worlds Collide in two weeks, when the whole world of the US and the UK collide. That's right. Two worlds that were on the same side in every major world yeah. war <laughs> colliding. Um, what I've grown to appreciate about NXT as a brand is that they've conditioned you to, once you see the watermark, you're just like, cool, now the cool thing's gonna happen. Yeah. So as soon as you saw like the graphic up for NXT UK, you heard the crowd rising, Undisputed Era hits the ring, kicks the shit out of Walter, kicks the shit out of Imperium, who are just like very late to try to make saves. And... I, I just love how much the Undisputed Era owns, how much of a unit they are, and don't feed to crowds. Like, Adam Cole's walking around with his arms up and his fingers out like he does, mm-hmm. and the crowd is just begging, hungry as hell to just yell Adam Cole baby with him. Mm-hmm. And he stands in the middle of the ring after he gives the last shot to Walter, which they held him in place for. It looked awesome. And he's in, he stands in line with the four of them. They hold up the UE fingers, and you hear the crowd go, hoping that they get to do it with him. He's like, no, fuck you guys. We're the Undisputed Era. Yep. They don't deserve it. They got to play heels in the UK. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, I am looking forward to Worlds Collide. It kind of seems like a thrown-together pay-per-view a la SmackDown, uh, or, I mean, Survivor Series. Yep. But pretty cool. I the, And that's exactly the thing with Survivor Series as is, is to this. You can cheer for your favorites no matter what. Yeah. It's not... Uh, it's hard to imagine the build being good, but we'll see if they can outdo... It won't take much for them to outdo the main roster's build to survive a series. So, I think this pay-per-view could be fun. Uh, it's the night before the Royal Rumble, so plenty to do that weekend. Speaking of weekends with plenty to do, we had, we missed our show last week. Due to the typhoon! <laughs> yeah. Keaton was hugging too much, yeah. and we had, to, we had to relent. But... And also overcooked. We had to play a lot of overcooks. <laughs> we are professionals. <laughs> yeah. We're just waiting on our, our, on our uh, you know, abilities to just quit podcasting and get into being chefs in outlandish situations. That's right. If you want a burger and a water balloon, if you want some fresh sushi on a river, we are your men. Yes. Or we will be soon, as soon as we beat the game. Yeah. And we'll understand and we'll communicate better. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom was January 4th and 5th this year. Yep. Because of the fact they landed on weekends. They did two massive cards for New Japan, did a massive two-night show for their biggest show of the year. How do you think the shows, like, divide up? Like, how do you like the two-night uh, situation? I liked it a lot. I feel like a lot of what would be filler in the WWE or other North American companies like Ring of Honor or AEW they padded out really well. I feel like the stuff that wasn't meant to be very memorable just filled time in a way that wasn't offensive. Like right. the never open weight six man matches or the eight man tags. I feel like anything that you weren't meant to pay attention to, you didn't remember. Mm-hmm. And everything that was meant to be spotlighted looked really good. Yes, yeah, I think everything that wasn't like a title match for each show, more or less, I'm not counting the never six man title, which was on the pre-show. Yep. Those Everything was done in about an hour. Yeah. For all those multi-man tags that you get into some title matches for the last, like, three hours of each show, which is a pretty good way to run things. Yeah, it's, like, it's a hell of a value. And, I mean, any big company can kind of run into the problem. If you have too many titles, like... 
prestige-wise, there's not really a ton of difference between the U.S. title and the never-open white title, not except for who's held it and how long they've been around. Yeah. But they got held. They actually had two U.S. title matches, and each one of them felt different, even though there was one that was, I feel like, clearly better than the other. But distinct enough from the never open weight title that you remember both. Yeah, exactly. I will say that now that I think about it, the U.S. title has had like five people hold it, but out of those, like two of them have gone on to become the IWGP Heavyweight t- Champion afterwards, which is pretty impressive. Which is not something you could really say about the Never title. Yeah. Which is interesting. I would normally put them on the same uh, tier, but that's a, a factoid that I just realized with Jay White and Omega. That's true. But uh, Never Open Weight title puts on some good fucking matches. Oh, if you love Strong Style and Hiroki Goto's your, your man. Yeah. See, when he's Dome Goto, he is just like especially wrapped in an aura of violence and had a prime opportunity to beat the shit out of heel ass Kenta and totally did. Yes, he won that match. It was very good, very hard hitting. I had to watch it twice because I was very sleepy seeing it live. Uh, luckily, I had some friends who wanted to watch Wrestle Kingdom uh, without uh, without staying up all night for it. Uh, these, these fucking losers having kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, great match. And I, what did you think about the two U.S. title matches? I like the first one better, the Archer Moxley one. I like that you asked me that as if I, I would yeah, have any right. other opinion. That's I love true. Lance Archer yeah. so so much, but I, it, all the character and charisma and momentum in the world was carried into that one. Mm-hmm. Of just it was the question of okay, do you stick with Lance Archer because he's been a company man? He's very charismatic. He's on a roll of sorts with New Japan lately. Mm-hmm. Or do you put it on Moxley, who makes a ton of sense? There's more intrigue going into the next night if he defends it, and if he defends it, say, twice in a row, because then there's the allure of he's going to be sticking around for a little bit. Yep. I loved the first match, uh, Archer versus Moxley, a Texas death match. You could have put them in any kind of hardcore circumstance they would have delivered. Right. I loved that Lance Archer had a fragment of a shopping plastic bag, <laughs> and he used it to try to suffocate Moxley. Right, he had his own painted uh, trash can lids that yep. he used. He threw a young boy at Moxley at one point. That was very cool. He had a spiky helmet that he tried to like gouge Moxley into and through, and it all crescendoed with two very hard Japanese tables, yes. and both men going through them. Yep. Uh, Archer had to have some table parts removed from his skin. After, yeah, it was pretty brutal. And it's funny because, like, I mean, it was it wasn't like the most brutal match I've ever seen or anything. But like, New Japan does so little with hardcore wrestling yep. that you can kind of go at about three fifths of your intensity and still feel so much more intense than any meals happening on the show. Yeah. And that was a very cool match. And then the next night, they had Juice Robinson face uh, John Moxley, and it was okay. They both looked tired. Yes. <laughs> or, like, Juice looked especially tired. Moxley looked fresh, but it never seemed like there was... A, a, it should have been... Their, it was their rubber match. Yes. So it felt like it should have been more of Juice being hyped up, but I feel like it would have been if it was Moxley as the champion versus Juice as defending champ. Right. So, logical person wins here, Moxley, and fuck the match. Let's talk about what happened after. Oh, uh, Minoru Suzuki came out. Uh, his theme song started, and I was like, that theme sounds familiar. I like that theme. Who has that theme? And then Minoru Suzuki came out in a tracksuit, and then he took the tracksuit off dramatically, and he got into John Moxley's face, and now we have Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley threatening to murder each other 
uh, as God intended. Exactly. Suzuki calling him Johnny Boy, mm -hmm. throwing him in headlocks and gotch-style pile-driving him through the friggin' universe. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be very violent and very good. Yes, that's happening at the New Beginning shows. Uh, one of them, I don't remember which one specifically right now. Yep. Yeah, that should be great. That's really the point of the Juice uh, Moxley match, just to get to that post-match. Yep. And besides, Juice won the tag titles with David Finley in a match that I thought was okay. It, ah, oh, it's, it's the curse of tag team wrestling in big companies right now is yeah. that they, they don't have a lot of a story going into them. I love G.O.D. I really wish that Tamatanga, I just feel like he's a dude who doesn't take life seriously <laughs> at, in any facet, like his social media game, his in-ring game, nothing yeah. about him. So I feel like this is best version Tamatanga, which is to say, like, a ton of untapped potential. I think Tongaloa looks good. Yep. I think David Finley has a ton to gain from being a champion in any company, let alone one half of the tag champions, where he's attached to a very charismatic punching dude. So I like Finjuice's champs. I love that they're their next tag challengers, but we'll get to that later. Yes. Uh, let's see. So man, I don't I don't really want to go match to match on all these because there's so many matches. We can uh, talk highlights. Yeah, we can talk highlights. Let's see. We did the uh, oh, of course, Hiromu's back. Yeah, he is. Uh, Takahashi versus Will Ospreay, they're Taking back. Taking a time boom. Yes, and he has um, brought back some fucking life into the junior division, which makes me very happy. Yep. I'm happy to have it, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship off of Will Ospreay. It, it's great timing because is as the junior division is kind of losing a member with Osprey now paired off with Zack Sabre, mm. Hiromu's the face of it again, and yes. he never really had a ton of time on top once he beat people in the best of the super juniors and then took the title off of um, Osprey mm -hmm. the first time. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. I yeah. believe he did, yeah. And then, and then he, like... I think he, he got hurt. Yeah, he defended against maybe Takahashi... Uh, not Takahashi, um... Against maybe Taiji or something like that. Yeah. And then got hurt against Dragon Lee, and then yep. that was it. So now he gets the at least the beginnings of a title run that it feels like he should have had in the you know the first time around. So right. yeah, I like the idea of him pairing off with anybody. I don't is he in a logical feud with anybody right now? Because if I don't think that he is, but you have opportunities to visit like him versus Taguchi or Ishimori again or El Fantasmo because that's a fresh matchup. Let me look that up because I feel like he did have a match set up. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a really good match, a really good return match. I was so happy to see him not having really lost much of a step, if any. No. He he looked great. I, I feel like the thing to mention about this match was the sequence where he's he's on the outside, time bomb. This is a testament to Will Ospreay's freakish athleticism. Ospreay tries to do a flying tiger drop to the outside, lands on his feet, backsteps a little bit, Time Bomb tries to overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplex him oh, yeah. into the ring. Osprey lands between the ropes, runs back, does another flying tiger drop, hits Ishimori. Or hit, hits, yep. um, sorry, hits Time Bomb. You're right. Just all of that within about a minute with just, like, freakish athleticism. Not yeah. something you would expect. Great chemistry, especially for one of them having been out for about 18 months. Pretty crazy. Uh, the, I, how could I fucking forget? Takahashi's gonna face Ryu Lee. New beginning. Yeah. First night of it. So that's going to be wild. Ansuke Ryu Lee, formerly known as Dragon Lee, was the guy who injured uh, Huromu, or who Huromu was facing when he got injured. Yeah. Which is uh, scary because those guys do not hold back. But if there's anything that's going to make me feel like uh, his neck is just fine, it's if he makes it out of this one alive. Yep. 
I feel like the simplest solution is don't do that stupid fucking overhead suplex with like your, all your limbs captured together. Don't just don't do that. Yeah, don't do the uh, Phoenix suplex. Yep. But we'll see what they do. I feel like they'll at least tease it. I, I'm going to be very scared. Oh yeah, my heart will be in my throat. But yeah, yeah time bombs on top again. And one of the things that was kind of underlying everything was that this was the weekend final cap off of Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement. Right. So part of the incentive for Time Bomb to win on top of coming back, coming back strong, beating an excellent rival in Osprey was facing uh, Liger the next night in his tag match as the champion. Yes, and he got to do that and it was very moving. Yeah. One of the better wrestling retirements, I would say, because the first night was based on Liger facing off against his past in a way. Yep. Like a lot of, it was an eight-man tag with people he's feuded with and tag, tag teamed with some. And then the next night was him and one of his rivals, Naoki Sano, versus Rili and Romu Takahashi, yep. who are the future of the New Japan Junior Division. And Liger going out on his back, Time Bomb looking great. As of now, Time Bomb's the last guy that has wrestled and beaten Jushin Thunder Liger. So, yep. paying it forward. He is, he, he is Barry Corbin to... <laughs> <laughs> the Barry Corbin Kurt Angle oh, relationship. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're both so good with personality stuff. <laughs> Don't you dare make Time Bomb an upper mid card heel. <laughs> uh, he'll be fun. By the way, someone was mentioning that it's possible that if Rome was still the champion, I think March 3rd might be the anniversary show. March or April. Mm. Uh, if that's ha happening, we might get Hiromu versus Naito. Ooh. Because uh, they usually do a junior versus heavyweight match. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. So I hope he doesn't die. Uh, speaking of Naito, he had kind of a, a big night. Oh, he had the biggest weekend professionally of his New Japan career. Yeah, the double gold dash, which the idea was four guys would compete in kind of a mini tournament. Yep. Uh, Tessio Naito and Jay White faced each other for the Intercontinental Championship, and Kazuchika Okada fought Kota Ibushi for the uh, Heavyweight Championship, both on the first night. And on the second night, the winners faced each other, and the losers faced each other, and that was kind of just a, you know, an okay way to spend 40 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the losers match uh, with Jay White and Ibushi, right? Yeah. I mean, it gave Jay White something to crow about and say, like, ah, oh, the bullet plug, bullet plug. Bullet Club's always got a plan, yep. um, and poor Ibushi to basically be the defeated Double loser. Yeah, the defeated Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, from from the ashes of nuts <laughs> comes a rising phoenix. Yes, where his god picked him up at New Year's Dash, and it's going to be him and Tanahashi facing off against Finjuice pretty soon. Yes, that will be an exciting tag team match. Yeah, uh, good use of Tanahashi definitely because he's still more or less got it. But it would be nice to have him not have to kill himself. I mean, in, in terms of all the crowing that we do or complaining or grossing any of us do about, like, short-term, big-profile matches not having a ton of story, I feel like Tanahashi and Jericho had one of the top five matches of Wrestle Kingdom with very little build. Yeah. And two just older wrestlers who can't really do as much as they used to, but poured a lot of character work into their in-ring stuff and uh, built a ton of intrigue of, is Tanahashi going to beat Jericho and go to AEW for a world title match? Yes, yeah. Let's, uh... I wouldn't talk about that one, sure. Yeah. I, I, I was, we're jumping around a lot. Yep. But like, um, yeah, I think that Jericho-Tanahashi match was the best, the second best Jericho match of his New Japan run. Yep. Um, after the Kenny Omega one that he started with. Yep. He was kind of like, um, to, it was his, uh, what's it called when you uh, keep doing something and it's less every time? 
uh, diminishing returns. Yes, it was diminishing returns uh, with his matches because they were all very hardcore based. But this was mostly in the ring. Yep. Other than he pile drove Tanahashi on a table at one point, but whatever. Tanahashi doesn't care about that kind of thing. I don't care about that kind of thing. He, he's he's better than that. <laughs> he's been through too much to let a table break his neck. Tanahashi will take all of the beatings because he's a warrior. Yes, he is the ace. He will stand in place for all of your spots. He will take all of your chops. Exactly. And they just had a really good match, really good psychologically sound match that Jericho won. Yep. Kind of surprising. With the walls of Jericho, which uh, huge kudos to Kevin Kelly putting over the fact of, like, this is the submission move that young lions are only allowed to use. Mm -hmm. Tanahashi just lost to that. He has a big slap in the face and a blow to his pride. Yes. Uh, It's... And I think it's interesting that Tanahashi is one for three in the last three Wrestle Kingdoms. Mm. Very interesting stat. It definitely shows that he's on his decline. Yep. And so a tag team run with Ibushi sounds perfectly great because they're both fucking losers. (laughs) 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 Take that, G1 champion. (laughs) Uh, The G1 guy always loses. Um, But yeah, so the double gold dash at the mini tournament... Uh, Naito defeated Jay White for the Intercontinental Championship. I like that match a lot. It was it was good. I feel like Jay White kind of had a weird surprise. I'm the Intercontinental Champion type of win. True. Um, it but it built perfectly to the longer narrative arc that they had of just like Naito's got nothing. Yep. And was like talked himself into the double gold rush. Basically talked it into existence. So mm-hmm. for him to win it just felt very apropos and looked very good in in his giant black regalia. Yes, he. Uh... Six years ago, he was supposed to be the top guy, and I think this is the end of that logical story where he kept falling short every year, whether in the G1 or two Wrestle Kingdoms ago in the main event. So he won the Intercontinental Championship and the Heavyweight Championship. He is undisputedly the top guy in New Japan for now. It's very exciting, and I think it's great that we had um, three or four great matches, depending on how you you know want to look at it on the way there. Yeah. Over a course of two nights, it as great as it is to cap off the Naito story. I feel like of the four guys, Okada looked the best. Yes, he had two. He has two. I mean, not according to Dave Meltzer, but according to me, he's got two five star matches under his belt. Yep, and he got them within five days of the year starting. Yeah, back to back within yep. twenty four hours of each other. Yep, a little bit um, under. Yeah. Friggin', he survived the just maniacal demon form of Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Getting, like, legitimately punched in the fucking head. Like, knuckles cracking on skull. But just rainmakered his way through it. Had an incredible entrance with a light-up, beautiful, giant white robe. After his entrance, destroyed two demons for him. Yes. It was, (laughs) there was literal, um, hologram rain and two hologram demons and it was it was very Triple H of him yeah. to come out in this ostentatious entrance. Uh, Ibushi did a great job being fucking Terminator, basically. Yep. Just smashing his face in for it was a nearly forty minute match, and they threw everything they had at each other. Uh, I was I thought Ibushi might win. I was pretty sure Okada was gonna win, but I was I kind of thought that they might do Naito versus Ibushi. And I'm glad they didn't because I'm sure Naito would have insisted on killing himself to make the match worth their reputations. And then the first ever double champ would have been vacant. Yeah. There was a point in the Okada-Ibushi match where Ibushi went to, like, uh, Lontard uh, Okada into a ring post. And I was like, oh, if Ibushi wins this one, Naito, like, Okada got hit out of it before he could take the hit. 
But I was like, oh, if Naito is in that position, he's taking that bump, and it's going to be nasty. Yep. So I'm glad that we got Okada Naito, which is the correct main event for night two. What I love the most about New Japan matches is that it's almost like the NBA Finals of, like, the last two or three minutes of the game are the most important. With yeah. Ibushi and Okada, Ibushi was down, he was out, he was getting rainmakered into the fucking mat, and then he powered up, started throwing some of his key offense, and then busted out a V-trigger. Yep. And I was thinking in that moment, he could, he could actually win this. Mm-hmm. Ibushi at his core is, like, a demon striker, and, like, that's one of, in New Japan canon, the strongest strikes. Mm-hmm. But nope, Okada overcame that, twisting Tombstone, Rainmaker, and going to night two. Yep. And night two was awesome. I think... So the story here is that Okada and Naito faced off at Wrestle Kingdom 8 yep. uh, years ago, and their match got voted down because uh, down the card because uh, by the fans because the um, because Naito was so unpopular at the time, and then Naito's been trying to redeem himself ever since. So every time they faced off, it's been very special. Yep. I think uh, it's definitely their most protected pairing. They don't have that even when we were in Lowell. They were on opposite sides of a tag team match, and they never interacted. Nope. And now, and Naito took the pin that time. It was very weird. Yep. But now we got Okada and Naito, and I think this is... I would have to go back and re-watch their Wrestle Kingdom 8 match, mm. but I think this is... And their other one where uh, Naito cheated to win, uh, like one of the new beginnings or something like that. Yep. But like, out of their Wrestle Kingdom matches, I think this was the best one. Easily. Naito didn't have to, like, contend... They didn't have to contend with just, like, the fans not, not necessarily wanting to watch them. Yeah. It... I think you could debate whether Naito was at the peak of his popularity a couple years ago versus now, but if they were going to pull the trigger, it had to be now. And yeah. they did. The match built and built. Naito looks hobbled and tired in that he could just kind of shatter on any of these given Rainmakers. Okada looked like the confident champion who was a little bit winded, but that he... The entire build-up to this was saying, I am the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. This is the only belt I want. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess, for the other one. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps... The Intercontinental Championship hovers around him like a curse. Right. And he had to he had to both win it and accept it as, like, part of his legacy and also hit his finisher from way back when, the Stardust Press, to, like, uh, confront his past in both ways in order to beat Okada, which is fucking poetry. Yeah. I love it. You could... Uh, just perfect storytelling that's the thing that's one of the things about these new japan rematches like they don't they don't bust out new moves a ton but they the context of what they're doing changes over time and you can see that in the characters and where they're at and it's uh if, if you're invested it's amazing yeah it's it's the type of thing that makes it so bittersweet at the very very end of the show because you're thinking all right naito is holding up both titles he gets to address the fans he gets to call out to okada that was a great match let's do it again Mm -hmm. and as he's doing the lij roll call listing off everybody who's finally healthy in lij at the same time yep fucking kenta yep kenta came in and kicked his ass at the the most important moment of his maybe the most important moment in new japan's history yep uh beat him up and left after two nights of Great Wrestle Kingdom action. The crowd left unhappy, but it was—I think it was the right call. Yeah, I think Kenta needed something to, uh, you know, elevate him into a more important position. Yeah, it's something a heel like Kenta needed. He's off, he's fresh off of losing the open weight title, and I don't know what else would elevate him to like world heavyweight title contender. Yeah, it had to be then. People chanting "Go home" to him. Not even "Boo, you suck." Go home. Yeah, 
Oh man, it was beautiful. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful pro wrestling. Yes. What's I gotta say about Kenta? I also think that, uh, just a prediction, I think down the line, Kenta's gonna wind up leaving the Bullet Club. Hmm. Do you think he'll just, like, stand alone, or? I think he'll kick out Jay White. He'll be the one to kick out Jay White. Yep. I think this will cause, like, a split between them if he wins the title and Jay White's not the champion. Hmm. But that's, I'm thinking this is, like, a year, two years from now. Yeah. Just, like, I just want to put it out there so that I have the audio so that I can rewind it or delete it if it never happens. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it makes sense for me as an arc for Jay White, because at this point, like, Switchblade Jay White's never been a face. Yeah. So it would give them something to, like, lash out against, lash out about. Right. Because that's kind of, that was the moment that Crisis Rainmaker was in last year where Gato betrayed him. Just like, oh, wow, is Okada going to turn heel? Not necessarily turn, like, yeah. join Bullet Club, but... No, like those Bullet Club moments where just like leadership shifts, sure. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we get a return of Balloon Okada. <laughs> uh, I don't... Right, <laughs> he's supposed to face Tai Chi, New Beginning, and I am amped for that. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a dream match, you know, because it's... <laughs> <laughs> on the one hand, it's Tai Chi in a high-profile match, and also an Okada match that has to be under 30 minutes. Yeah. I can't imagine... It would involve a lot of stalling yeah. to get a Tai Chi match to over 30. A man who loves walking to the ring with balloons versus a man who's shaped like a balloon. <laughs> if if he, Tai Chi's ever going to get a like a first or sneaky win over Okada, this mm. is absolutely the time after yeah. Okada's sort of at his weakest when he's further away from the title. Um, there were some backstage interviews. There were backstage interviews all the time, like through Wrestle Kingdom. One of them that stands out that was Tai Chi was saying that the Iron Claw was speaking to him. Yeah. So I would love to see that come out now that... Like, he hasn't really used it in his matches once no. or twice, but he used like... He like, I think, once to... Did he beat Naito that he time? He did. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So... So if he starts clawing Okada, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that was... Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom. Kingdom. We're gonna keep covering New Japan uh, throughout the year, as always, because we love that shit. The other shit we love, the Royal Rumble. Year, WWE throws 30 people into a ring, well, 30 men, and lately 30 women into the ring, and they all fight it out, and they all come out individually. Uh, I saw a tweet that compared it to Cats. Uh, Why? <laughs> because Cats is about, they have to pick one cat that like goes essentially to heaven in, in a way. And like, the basically the format of it is that every like a cat comes out, introduces himself, sings, and then he is tossed away and forgotten. Oh my god. So it's kind of like, that's, it's accurate. It made, it's fitting, yeah. The, the tweet was so accurate that I was like, ah, shit, I better see cats. I'm literally, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm literally uh, tomorrow taking two hours of personal time from work to see cats. Great. Uh, because it's only showing at like noon and 2 p.m. Uh, showings right now. Lovely. Because it's been, it bombed so badly, but you know, Daddy J gonna see that shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just on a whim, I'm gonna see Cats tomorrow. Preparation for the Royal Rumble. As every wrestling fan should. Yeah, I think so. I think the difference between musicals and wrestling is very slim. Right. Uh, but so every year the Royal Rumble happens, and probably the most exciting part is that 
they're just surprises that could happen. Mm-hmm. You don't. I feel like there have been fewer of those lately, just because they've the roster's so big. Yeah. Uh, even for for men and for women, there's probably going to be more female surprises because they're the roster's just smaller. But yeah, I think one of the things that we as fans look forward to the most about is just random, you know, blast in the past or celebrity entrance, and we just want to talk about what kind of surprises that we hope to happen, uh, surprise eliminations, anything that would be unexpected and exciting to see. I uh, I think that Matt Riddle making his main roster debut. This is absolutely the time for him to do that. Would it be his main roster? He was at Survivor Series. Uh, you're you're you are correct. But he was yeah. on Team NXT, so True. I feel like yeah, I'll draw that distinction. Okay. Um, it's in an interesting time in the brand's existences because it seems like they want to like coexist and co and not really cross over a ton in terms of like okay now your main roster versus being able to jump back forth. But yeah. it feels like time for a guy like Riddle. There's certain people in those brands that just look bigger and don't really seem like they have a ton to do, which kind of stinks because you get EC3 in the background doing literally nothing. <laughs> yeah. But he also... And literally in the background a lot. Yep. Drinking. But um, I feel like Riddle making uh, his debut. I feel like Shayna Baszler, this is her time to move on from uh, NXT as a brand. I think uh, if anyone from NXT wins it, it's her. Mm. I think she's uh, up there for people who should challenge Becky Lynch. Yeah. If Ronda Rousey doesn't come back, whatever. <laughs> That's a surprise that I would not like to see. Welcome to two years ago yeah. when I hated it, and you were just like, now, 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 and you were right. Yeah. Because it ended up building, West, building women's wrestling for all of yes. that year into the following year. Yeah. But, oh, my God, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want it this time. That time I was like, oh, let's see how what she's got in the ring, and she had some good stuff in the ring. She did. If you, like, rehearsed it down to the minute, mm. down to the second, you got, like, a good match out of her. If you put her against, like, an ace like Sasha Banks, you got a good match out of her. Uh, if you threw her it just uh, tw- with 24 hours notice into a match on Raw, it was not good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I would not want Ronda Rousey to show up, but I would like some of the Blast from Bad. I would love, like, Molly Holly showing up. That'd be great. You know, just for a little bit. Uh, something like, the surprise that would blow my mind the most, AJ Lee would be the one. You know, it, I don't it, think it's ever happening. No. But like, if it did, I would be through the roof screaming, and then we'd have to explain to Alyssa yeah. <laughs> what is going on there. Right. I mean, it, we mentioned the Forbidden Door with AEW New Japan. Yes. It, Punk's back as an interviewer, if nothing else. So maybe that's the big men's uh, surprise. But yeah, AJ Lee, um, they don't really have... Now that Trish has basically done another retirement match, they don't yeah. really have anybody else except for maybe Lita, who I, I wouldn't want to see back. Yeah. Um, not for, like, I wouldn't mind Lita in a, you know, she, go, she goes into the Royal Rumble, does a moonsault, gets thrown out, whatever, but... I... Her moonsaults are problematic. Like, yes. She, she, she's, she's not good. She's not good at it. No. <laughs> Especially on a night where we'll probably see you if you one. Right. But still, you know, for the fucking sake of nostalgia, I yeah. get it. Um... Yeah, which is to say, you could see Yo Shirai doing moonsaults in the Royal Rumble. You could see Bianca Belair whipping people with her hair. Yep. Um, yeah, I feel like all of the surprises are basically going to be like NXT to Rumble. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Yo Shirai and Kyrie Sane either have a moment where they're like teaming up together, uh, or have a moment, where, or actually both. One moment they're uh, you know teaming together, and they eliminate everybody, and then there's doubt to them, and they fight each other for you know, 45 seconds until somebody new comes in. So, with the men's rumble, because it has more of a specific narrative twist than the women's one, you have Lesnar first. Yes. That we know this going in. Mm. Who do you think, if anybody, eliminates him? Kofi. 
Nice. I hope it's Kofi. Yeah. That would be the... You know, even if he, like, goes to Mania and loses, and it's, like, even... You know, he just... He stands his ground for ten minutes. Yeah. You know, I would be fine with that. It would be just be a nice capper to, you know, what was an embarrassing way for his title reign to end. Yep. A very good title reign, in my opinion. I would agree. Um, so... You know, you get Kofi versus Brock for just a second, and Kofi, even with like help of the New Day, kicks Brock out of there and then gets a rematch at WrestleMania. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, I think my prediction right now is that Roman wins it, but goes after the Fiend. Yep. So, you know, because if they do Roman versus Brock again, I might not watch Mania this year. Not live, certainly, but probably catch up with it afterwards. I feel like there's so much bubbling unrest with the main roster of just, like, so many longtime fans have seen po- put posts up who just seemed like, if not apologists, but diehards of just, like, I've watched this for so long, I'm gonna keep watching it, who are exhausted. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what happens if you have Reigns versus Lesnar. Yeah, we can't do that again. Right. It's been too much. So much. Too much. All of the time. Yeah. Um, it was good the first time, and then they never really figured out another rhythm to to what they're doing. Yeah. In terms of surprises, like, it'll, uh, especially this year, I don't think it'll happen. I'd love B one. Just to, like, oh, yeah. have the story of, just, like, Kofi deserves a shot back, but it complicates that. It potentially puts a rift in the New Day. They'll never break up. Yeah. Like, fully. But, um, I just, I think Big E's overdue for just, like, a strong main event look. Honestly, Big E as a huge surprise eliminating Lesnar, that works for me. Yeah. I love that idea, just, like, because he's a bigger guy, he can stand up to Brock for longer. Right. Uh, And you can do their match at, like, Elimination Chamber mm -hmm. if you wanted to do that. If you want to pay Brock that extra $600,000 or whatever he has per appearance. Uh. (laughs) Um, Just for uh, pay-per-view where nobody cares. Yep. Um, I would... I would kind of like if John Cena showed up and set up something for himself at Mania. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I feel like it, it's been enough time in between, like, John Cena appearances that whatever, he wants to show up and friggin' do a lightning fist to a bunch of people? Sure, let's was, do it. Was the last time he was around WrestleMania? Yep. Okay, yeah. I feel like, yeah, just throw him in there so we don't, because we're not going to have him week to week to build something. Yep. Just throw him in there, have him get eliminated by, like, Elias or something, do a match paying off what they started last year, whatever. Yep. Yeah, you know, some random shit that, you know, it's just nice to see him. You know, hey, he's he's doing good. His hair is back to normal or whatever. I don't know if it is, but if it was, <laughs> that would be a pleasant surprise as well. That's right. a surprise I would want, too. Uh, one surprise I would like is for Sin Cara's trampoline to take Nikki and Brie Bella away from the ring, <laughs> if they get anywhere near it, because I'm tired of that looming return always being in the background. I think they're retired for real. Good. Um, I hope... Nice surprises also would be like people coming back from injury. Yeah, uh, I I've heard Ruby riots a ways off, but it'd be nice. Yeah, same and with so, Ember Moon. Yeah, um, I don't think yeah. she's anywhere near close. Yeah, Ember Moon. She like tore an Achilles tendon or something sure like that. Is. So she'll be like that. You know, that is terrible. Yeah. Uh, hopefully she comes back, and hopefully she comes back as good as ever. Yep. Um, and also Nia Jax, I'm pretty sure she must be close. That makes sense. She had like double knee surgery, I want to say, but mm-hmm. that was a while ago, and I think. Uh, the World Rumble match is so high impact that she couldn't do it. Right. It's funny to me, because we're recording this on um, Tuesday the 14th after Impact's yeah. uh, Hard to Kill pay-per-view where yeah. Tessa Blanchard won their title, Yeah. that they would put Nia Jax in the Men's Rumble and have her win it. Be like, <laughs> we can do that too! Yeah. Oh, that would be very funny. <laughs> I would I would love that. That would be a surprise that I would enjoy. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then John Moxie comes back to be like, hey, we didn't finish fighting. <laughs> <laughs> you... You want the U.S. title? (laughs) 
from Japan. <laughs> he specifies. <laughs> Not the other one. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I think. Oh, obviously, monster trucks and the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a surprise that I would enjoy. For time. I don't think that they could do it. The Royal Rumble usually sells out pretty well. <laughs> it's one of the big five pay-per-views. Probably, arguably their second or third biggest pay-per-view. <laughs> yep. But yo, if you can just tarp off the top part, <laughs> make it make it the loudest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. Um, I am interested to see, assuming that he's going to be in it, what John Morrison does to get back in the ring. Yeah. I hope this is the year that Kofi retires the having to do a recovery spot and John Morrison takes up the mantle. It would be kind of cool if they had dueling recovery spots, though. That too. If, like, I think if anyone could do it, though, I feel like I've seen Morrison fuck up, like, relatively, like, he's very ambitious, so I don't hold it against him, but, like, sometimes he, he overreaches. He's less consistent. Yeah, yeah. but, like... You know, that would be cool. And to, just to see them back in the ring together would be yep. nice. And I'm sure we're getting that with the few that they've set up. Uh, uh, I'd like to see Mark Henry. Yeah. I'd like to see D'Lo Brown. <laughs> yeah, D'Lo Brown would be a very, very welcome boy. It'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I don't. I feel like older wrestlers are less likely to be in the men's rumble, but, you know, you never know. Yep. They had a hurricane a couple years back. Yeah. And Alyssa fucking loved it. And they had Jeff Jarrett last year, and Alyssa did not love it. Nope. <laughs> this is, uh, uh, for the rest of the listeners who don't know, Alyssa's my girlfriend. Uh, the Royal Rumble is her favorite wrestling uh, event of the year, so we're going to be watching it. She'll be a guest after the Rumble. Hashtag, who is Triple H? Yes, we will. <laughs> who knows? Maybe the Rumble will answer that question. I, oh, God. What if he just, like, just ripping off NWA power because they can? He comes in as the question mark. <laughs> the guy with the mask. <laughs> Brock Lesnar survives through 30 or 29 or 28 other wrestlers uh-huh. and that Triple H comes in at 30 and he's like who am I? I'm Triple H <laughs> <laughs> he pedigrees him through the ring and technically he would, I think he would lose yeah. uh, because he would not you know they would touch the his feet would touch the floor but not over the top rope so Brock would still be able to get in there and throw him out I think it, now that I'm just thinking about it on pure impulse mm-hmm. the only mega face you could make opposite Brock Lesnar in that match is Paul Heyman imagine if Lesnar gets distracted Heyman eliminates him and Heyman champions somebody else just yeah. like, fuck you this guy and yeah. that makes whoever he champions that's true would not mind Brock versus Walter would not bro- mind Brock versus Cesaro yeah I'm hoping for a moment where I mean Keith Lee too yeah uh, Keith Lee I think it would be I think it was Bob Ray Dudley who said that um Keith Lee should play face off with Brock and like maybe even win the Rumble and fight him but I think even just being in the same ring as him for a bit and also I've been ever since Survivor Series man I've been chomping at the bit for Reigns and Keith Lee to meet up again even for like a minute in the Rumble so yep. that would be that would make my wish list mm. I would like uh, Shorty G to eliminate Baron Corbin by way of a free throw <laughs> <laughs> But he's so short. How would he get anybody over the top rope? <laughs> um, God, just like other welcome people, just like surprise winners. Fucking yeah. give it to Mustafa Ali. Yeah, he's been working his ass off. God, yeah, I know. He's it's feels like his like his heat is cold so much. Yeah. Um, since a year ago, but and part of it's because Kofi. But like that would be a, that would be an amazing uh, thing to see him come back and win. Uh, surprise, Sami Zayn wrestles. He uh, just enters as a wrestler. Yeah, I don't... I I feel like that one's a likely surprise. Yeah. Uh, I don't... It, 
I wonder if this is him, like, retiring, like, quietly. Mm. You know, he, he came back. his shoulder fuck yeah. and things. Yeah, he came back from, like, double shoulder surgery. Uh, who knows? I I would welcome him in the ring at any time. Yep. Uh, even if, I mean, I know that he and Cesaro are kind of in a faction together now, but, like, they faced off a little bit for old time's sake. Yeah. In terms of just, like, messing with everybody in terms of expectations, Brian Cage. Yeah. He's supposed to be signed with AEW. What if that's a smokescreen? Yep. Uh, his wife says it's he's not signed with them yet. So, hey. I mean, who knows? Their marriage could have terrible communication. Oh, no. <laughs> but that would be crazy. Yeah. Um, I just saw... Uh, I was watching the She Won, the, the Eve Wrestling's She Won tournament, and uh, second to last match on the card was Jetta versus Jazz, yep. who is still an active wrestler. Good for she her. Would be, yeah, she would be a cool surprise. Yeah, I was thinking Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. She's supposedly been signed too. Yep. And she would be a great, uh, uh, yeah, that would be great to set something up with NXT for her. Pretty much uh, anybody who didn't get snatched up um, after the classic, which like Mako Satomura coming back and mm -hmm. doing a spot would be cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, anybody from the Mae Young Classic who didn't get signed, you're right, that would yeah. be a good one. And also, it'd be nice to see Deanna Perrazzo and uh, Chelsea Green back on TV. Yeah. Because, you know, they had quick things on Raw, but. You know, give them a little bit more time to establish themselves. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Royal Rumble winner, the four horsewomen mm. of MMA all together. Uh, <laughs> I mean, great for Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir yeah. and Shayna Baszler. Go away, Ronda. Right, yeah. You took. You, you thought it was real. <laughs> you really did. Uh, I hope I hope Ronda doesn't come back, and I hope that um, if, I hope that if Ronda versus Becky was ever on the table. I hope they sub it with Becky versus Shane Baszler. Yeah. So, we'll see. Royal Rumble is in two weeks at the end of January. That's like 20... January 26th, I want to say. One yeah. week from Sunday. Yes. Uh, yep. January 26th. So, we will see how that turns out, man. And we got Worlds Collide the week before. We'll probably preview that. Yep. Uh, we don't have a card for Royal Rumble, really, so far. But I wouldn't expect there to be much of one. It, it's amazing how we keep getting close to, like, the biggest... Yeah, WWE cards of the year, and they're just like, yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, this is the one that's like the most excusable though, because yep. it's like two, There are two forty-five minutes to an hour-long matches on the card, so that eats up probably half the event, uh, plus maybe a title match here or there. So yep. we'll see. Uh, may, maybe Rusev wins, and he proposes to Lana, and they get married again. Oh my! You can't <laughs> see my face, folks, but it's pain. <laughs> it's oh. oh, oh. I am always rooting for love. This is the Wrestle Down. <laughs> I'm Jer Palapal. I'm Dennis Bruno. And our whoop, our mascot Keaton, the Kitten Man, is out. I will put down his little tunnel here. That's the sound of a crinkly tunnel for him to play in. Uh, su uh, subscribe to the Geek Down. <laughs> wow, he loves that tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to the Geek Down. Uh, to hear our episodes we just added all the episodes from october onward <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear our thoughts on shows that already <laughs> happened it took me a while to notice that they weren't posted well i noticed it but i was like maybe they're showing up somewhere that i'm like not looking oh boy and then, uh, then i was like hey pat where did they go and he was like oh shit my bad uh <laughs> something's been going on with that and i didn't notice it i was like all right well, well i didn't notice either so fair game uh, but we're back, and our episodes are posting, and shoop a boo bop
Skibra BB. Bye bye. <laughs>